You're listening to nothing important. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Seriously, somebody needs to figure out. After all these years and it's still an unsolved mystery. Everybody knows what's up. I don't know. The Baja Boys? <laughs> it's so, they're hiding in plain sight. <laughs> like, they made we, a song about yeah, it. They're going to put out a song, We Let the Dogs Out. Oh, they show a bunch of talk. Oh, my mm. God. That'd be like a great funnier die video, though. <laughs> it's been a long, a long enough time where I feel they could do that, and yeah, like the I time has so. come for them yeah. to come clean. It, it's like O.J. Simpson. He wrote like, yeah. "If I had done it, like if we I had let the dogs article. out, right? Yeah, if it's we so had let the dogs the out." The umbrella of being hypothetical, but like everybody knows that's what really happened. Please enjoy the show. This is the Nothing Important Podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is Cowabunga Dave. Dave, how you doing? Eat my shorts. Dave and I also host It's All Good Man, the Better Better Call Saul podcast. You can find that on iTunes at itsallgoodman.com, and you can find this one on iTunes and at nothingimportantpodcast.com as well. Uh, Jeff is not with us today, but we have with us a third Mike, Chicago legend, pro wrestler, podcaster, movie producer, uh, all-around Good guy. Actor. Actor. Director. Mm, kind of. Yeah, I guess. Exotic dancer? <laughs> uh, oh, no. No? Jack of all <laughs> trades, master of all of them. Exactly. The one and only Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana, thank you for joining us on the Nothing Important Podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> now, Kawabunga and Eat My Shorts are two completely different um, references. Are yeah. you aware of that? Yeah. Well, it... Uh, it's a common thing. He'll just throw it at me, and I try to respond. So when he said Cowabunga, I went Bart Simpson. So Eat My Shorts is what Bart Simpson also But says. you are well aware that Cowabunga, oh, I guess Cowabunga dude is Bart Simpson. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, they both came uh, around the same time, late yeah, 80s. You but know? there was that t-shirt where he had Cowabunga. And did he say Cowabunga? Yeah, he said it a couple yeah. times. He, he did, skateboard, he? he? was, he was, yeah, was yeah. Michelangelo. Like him and Michelangelo had a lot in common back in the early 90s, I guess. Do you think there was a feud over like... Hey, dude, that's my catchphrase. Maybe not the fictitious, fictitious character, but, <laughs> like the, but maybe the writers. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Man. That's uh, I never really thought about. I think that. they were both just raking in so much money, neither oh. really gave a shit. Yeah, so right. they're just like whatever. Like, like who else can we get on this cowabunga thing to keep making it popular, to keep making more money? Dilbert. Dilbert's just saying cowabunga. <laughs> Unreal. It's like in Marmaduke comics and shit. Like, yeah. God, and those two are still going. Oh, my God. The Simpsons, right? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. It's still happening. The new Ninja Turtles, not the movies, but the new Ninja Turtles card. I got a little. I got a five-year-old girl. That she actually loves. Stop bragging. I'm just saying. Uh, Ugh, she... I can reproduce. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my sperm works. Eh? I've replaced she myself. Loves the Ninja Turtles. So it, it's cool that I get to share that with her. And I was watching the new cartoon on Nickelodeon. I'm like. Holy shit, this is actually like really fucking good. Is it decent? Yeah, it's it's really I solid. Seen it. I, that, I saw the first movie Michael Bay got his hands on. And I can't I can't bring myself to do it. No. That Netflix uh special was kind of cool. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was a couple no. years ago. No. And it just kind of ran down like how it became a thing. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, when something comes from nothing, 
Yeah. It's not like I remember any of it, but I remember at the time <laughs> watching it and being like, oh, this is a cool origin story of how, yeah. it, how it became. My brother my brother was really big into Ninja Turtles, and of course, being the older brother, I'm like, that's so stupid. Why would you play oh. with it? Until he got his first action figure, and I'm like, oh, this is the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, man, not to brag, and I was saying I was an actor, and I don't know much I could say about anything, but I, um, I did an episode of Chicago PD the other day. Really? And in that show is Casey Jones from the original movie. Really? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I saw him backstage and I was like, oh my God, that's Casey Jones. <laughs> like, not like anything to do with like, oh my God, anyone in Chicago PD or anything. Like, I was just like, fuck, Casey Jones. That's so badass. <laughs> he is and an that, iconic part of our childhood for sure. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. And that's from the original, like, uh, Jim Hansen, like, body Muppet, like, movie like from 89 like yeah like the, the, the og Feldman movie yeah, or it might have been the second might have been secret of the use i don't know which one casey jones is in i think it's both. no he was in the first one because Raphael, like one of my favorite things is like he's like a jose canseco bat because that was his weapon of choice oh, yeah. jose canseco. he was, he was <laughs> mocking for it but that's awesome what were you what were you doing on uh, chicago pd uh, i i don't know I, my, my agent sent me on an audition i got it awesome i, I won nice. the part <laughs> I, feel, I, I look at like a carnival ride and I don't think I'm allowed to say actually anything. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. NSDA, NS, NSFW. N- N- uh, NDA. Not safe for work. NSFW. Oh, NSFW. No, no, it's NDA. Yeah. <laughs> I signed a few NDAs. Yeah. I think I might have told Brian about it. Yeah. There you go. That's okay, but I don't have any friends, so no one's going to tell you. I'm the best secret keeper ever. Nobody listens to me, and I don't have any friends, so exactly. it all works out. I didn't play inside. Um, but that's great, man. You're doing the active thing. Uh, you have actually, over the past two years, People have sporadically emailed Dave and I, and they're like, got to get Coca Cabana, got to get Coca Cabana. And like, that was even back when, before we even had some clout to get like actual guests on. And I'm like, how am I, how the hell am I going to do that? <laughs> and then uh, our buddy, uh, John Mullins, uh, he, he's a huge fan of your podcast. And I always tell all my friends, Johnny like, Mullins? John Mullins. Johnny Mullins to you and I. Johnny Mullins, yeah, Jay Mullins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I always tell people, I'm like, hey, if, if, you give me a guest and I could book him. I'll like patch you into the to the phone call. And uh, Johnny couldn't make it make it down today, but um, I was. I excited. thought there was something way cooler. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> no. But I will. I have some sexual favors. I can hook you up. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't. I don't need to book a friend's, you know, ideal guest for that. I mean, but like that's just. It's kind of like um, what's it called on like Amazon or. Uh, like an affiliate program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, like, you just throw it out to everyone in the world. Like, mm-hmm. hey, if you can get us a, bu- a guest that we want. No, they, they don't book the guests. Like, give me, like, a name. Right, but that's an affiliate program. Right, I kind got, of I like, guess. hey, if you can hook me up with oh, a, like yeah, a lead. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I get yeah. a lead, then I can give you yeah, this. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. nothing important uh, affiliate program. Yeah. We're going to have to make, like, a graphic or something like that people can put on their Facebook. The NIAP, man. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he, he listens to your podcast, and then that got me, like, on your podcast. And you listen to, like, or you speak with so many names that hang out with my dad and and uh and you are you have a phenomenal following an independent wrestler you know you were you were in wwe still hard for me to say wwe but you were in wwe for i was there for two time. i was there for two years but it, it literally like put a dent in my cool ratings yeah yeah really? like it, it did nothing for my career <laughs> so but i mean it's that I, I was telling someone the other day like it just it's that's good for like I don't know. It's good, like validation or like people that have no clue about wrestling. When they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm a wrestler." Like, and they like don't understand. I'm like, oh, "I was in WWE for two years." They're like, "Oh, cool." And then they like think you're a thing. But <laughs> <laughs> for uh, anyone with any like any semblance of wrestling, mm-hmm. who knows my world, like knows like the WWE did nothing for me. 
But yeah, I mean, I was there for a year. So like, if you can get, if you want to judge on like, it's kind of like if a baseball player, like, well, you're only in the minors forever. We don't give a fuck. Mm. So when you watch your uh, YouTube videos, yeah, you genuinely are having a great time. Well, you start with two. One thing. One thing. <laughs> you're a workhorse. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Make, is that on? That's on. Okay. okay. Cool. Two. You are having the most fun I've ever seen anybody had at their job, and that's absolutely great to see. Because I'm assuming you're doing okay, right? Like you're eating. I'm doing great. That's that's wonderful. You Not even okay your... at this point. That's awesome. And like my whole shtick is based on like I'm the working man. Have some sympathy. I, I was, you know, this my shtick eight years ago was like I was fired by WWE. Please help me support as, as an independent <laughs> wrestler. And now it's just like I'm I'm fucking nailing it. Like, and I'm so excited about it. And right, it's just from being a goofball and a shithead. Like, uh, you, you know, but it's kind of weird because it is, it's, it's both of those things. It's like, because mm -hmm. I'm having, I'm having so much fun and I, I'm having a blast, but on the same, and I know that on, on the back end, I know I have to work hard and I know mm -hmm. like to put in the hours and to do the work. And, and so like those all come together. And that's kind of the key to my, to my success is that I just don't stop. And I'll probably hurt me in the, in the, at the end of the day, like, <laughs> you know, somehow, I don't know, but uh, yeah, you know, so like I do when I wrestle and I'm a, a comic wrestler and that's kind of what we dissected in the third movie that I made, the wrestling road diaries, three funny equals money available <laughs> at coltmerge.com. Um, you know, is this, this idea of comedy wrestling and I consider myself a wrestler. I also consider myself comedian. And so when I'm in there, like I just, I'm just having the time of my life. It's very calculated though. Mm -hmm. Like the comedy in the wrestling is very calculated. And maybe when I'm looking like I'm having the most fun, I'm also working and, and I'm so good as a wrestler, not to brag, <laughs> but like I make you think like, wow, this guy's just farting around. Yeah. Right? But it is, I mean, yeah, it's because it, I've applied my trade for so long. I know what I'm doing in order to make it look like I'm just doing nothing right. <laughs> when I am doing something. And then that's where the hard work comes in is I put in that many hours to mm -hmm. kind of figure it out, you know? And see, and that's awesome. Dave and I, um, on top of like uh, actors and whoever the hell else we talk to, we, we love talking to uh, people who kind of develop their own thing out of what they're passionate about. Like we, we talked to uh, Eric from Tugboat Coffee, uh, had a great job. Love coffee so much. He dropped like this phenomenal job that I wish I had now. Yeah. <laughs> and it started his, like, rented a small space in some warehouse somewhere and chipped money in to buy a roaster. And now he's like shipping coffee all over the world. And we had uh, uh, the gentleman from uh, Miami who does the Cuban sriracha. Hey, Cuban like, sriracha. Takes Still his, waiting on Cuban yeah, sriracha. Yeah, he's supposed <laughs> to send it to us. But, <clears throat> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, we, we love hearing about people that like find a passion and really go for it and kind of carve their own path. Yeah. I think I'm a, you know, I'm a nice story and like, that's why luckily like there's been a lot of cool write-ups on me and, and mm. I think I've been able to gain like a, a nice listenership uh, and those both scratch each other's back is that, yeah. Like, and I think the main story, you know, my main back end story or, or origin story or whatever it might be is that like, I made it all the way to the WWE, WWF, mm. if you'd like you to. <laughs> and, I had this like really nice following and like all these people loved that I came up from like the real, sh you know, started doing sh little shows in Chicago, then started mm -hmm. doing little shows in, in Chicago and Wisconsin and then Chicago and Pittsburgh and, and then all over the country. And then somebody flew me to, to England, God knows why. And then, you know, and then Japan and then WWF signed me and then they just fired me. Cause I didn't have, like, I didn't look like a cool dude, you know, right. like I didn't look like Batista or Hulk Hogan or something. <laughs> that's essentially what happened. You know, like I'm just, I'm kind of an everyday man. Um, and that's kind of my look. Like I work out, I train, but I just, I don't take steroids and I don't look like, 
those dudes that you saw growing right. up. You right, know? Yeah. yeah. Freaks of nature. Yeah. yeah. Or I don't look like Tugboat or his coffee from WWF. <laughs> that's a Tugboat reference. I don't know if you got it, but that's all I could think of when you said Tugboat coffee. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. Okay. He was with... Uh, with Earthquake. Earthquake, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, I was trying to sneak a joke in there, but I I stopped myself. No, I got you. I got you. I can, I, we're on the same page. But when you were... Yeah. I, can edit it, I can edit it to make it sound funny. Please do. Yeah. Please do. <laughs> that's part of my job. That's why I'm so quiet. I'm, I'm always like... Mm, what can I edit? <laughs> you know... Uh, and and so yeah, and so after I got fired, like I didn't let that stop me, and I continued, and I was like, you know, I love wrestling, and like WWE is not the end all be all, and I I just love it so much. I want to not I want to not do anything else. It's what I want right. to do for a living, yeah. and I found a way, and like now I found I found this way to do it without them, and I found the way to do it like really well and be really secure. And then there's a couple other people uh, who have kind of fo- you know followed along like my path and there's like a little revolution within the independence of wrestling that's called who are all like making this crazy living without the big giant corporate machine that's awesome and i was gonna say it's independence there's less uh, bigger percentage of pay well not really on the performance side but what kind of has happened is i've always been a merchandise guy and then i'll tie this into chicago too is is so i've always sold merch it's always been a big thing because like uh 2004 i stopped my i was a teaching assistant i stopped my job and i was like i'm gonna be a pro wrestler and my goal was to make uh my goal was to do four shows a month at a hundred dollars and 50 bucks at merch so that's 600 bucks something like that or maybe it was five shows and it was like 800 bucks so i had to make 800 dollars uh a month to live living on taylor street uh, in little in little Italy, like with my you know with my roommate, and it was like three hundred dollars for rent, and like you know like <laughs> that's you know I mapped yeah. it all out that that's what I so like the merchandise was a big part of um, I can get hopefully try to get a hundred bucks for you mm. know to get to wrestle and then fifty bucks you know or seventy five bucks to wrestle and seventy five bucks on merch so that merch is a big part of it and what happened is uh, over the years I've kind of like I've kind of learned that whole side of it because it was so important. And then we started, uh, I became friends with this guy at one hour tees here in Chicago. And then we started this company called pro wrestling tees, which is also in Chicago. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys have seen my billboards. Yeah, all and suddenly everything makes sense. Cause for years I, I drive <laughs> by the one hour tees place and I'm like, how the hell do they get away with having all those wrestlers? Like, yeah. <laughs> like how do they get away with that? Cause, cause if you, if you drive up uh Damon here, if you drive up Damon right before uh, Fullerton, uh, their new place is on the left, and it has like a big mural of like Macho Man dropping the elbow from like the top corner of the building, and there's like nice. uh, Colts there, and uh, you know some of the legends like uh, like uh, Andre the Giant mm-hmm. and such. And I have wondered for a long ass time, I'm like, how the hell do they get yeah. away with that? Like, but well, that- we started that company, and so we like we license out Andre and and Macho Man Randy Savage, and besides and and besides licensing those guys mm-hmm. who have been great business for us, we also. Um, you know, through like my connections in wrestling, I've basically signed like all. And if you go and look at my podcast, you can see all these dudes. Those dudes are just my friends. So I, I've done those live podcasts, The Art of Wrestling. I've done them in person for, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on episode 332 now, I Ooh. think. I've been doing it about almost seven years. Yeah, just a little bit longer than I Yeah. Was. <laughs> and so, you know, but those are all my friends. It's like these friends I've made in wrestling because I've been doing it now. This is my 18th year in professional wrestling. And so not only were those, my, so then I was like, hey, like, through this guy Ryan one hour tees, I can make you some money. And so we signed up all these dudes to these t shirt companies and we do this thing. It's like Cafe Press, but not remember how Cafe right. Press you get like a dollar if you sold a twenty five dollar right, shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like this like now, like I was like, what if I can get you guys, you know, ten bucks a shirt or, or thirteen bucks a shirt mm. and like 
the the numbers are so much better is that now all of a sudden like all these independent wrestlers who have a high buzz before we were just getting maybe a couple bucks on you know to wrestle but now like we can use the internet and spread this url and people are buying these shirts I always thought, like, you know, I've never wrestled in Utah, but I know there's people who, who like me in Utah. Right. <laughs> you know? And the same with the Young Bucks, and same with Chris Hero, and same with Kevin Steen at the time, you know? There was all these people that like them, but they just, you know, we don't all live in, in a big city like Chicago. And so right. this is a great way that, you know, we can you can support them in different places of the world because they ship, you know, we ship all over the world. That's awesome. And so, like, when you made the decision to be a pro wrestler, was that something you had mold for a while or, like... Did you just see something and like a week later you're like, you know, fuck it up. No, that's the only thing I've ever wanted to do. Really? Ever. And then, yeah. And then Obsessed it, as a child. Then, what what pushed you what what pushed you to take the take the plunge? My dad pushed me. He did? No, just on the ground. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. And that's why I'm a pro wrestler today. <laughs> uh Dad, come watch my show. <laughs> um, uh no. What what pushed me to Just do, go for it. I you, were, you said you were a teaching assistant. I mean, like at some yeah. point, like even if it's a passion of yours, a lot of people don't like go for it. You know what but I mean? But I, like, I, I graduated with a business degree from Western Michigan University and I could have like, I remember there was like job fairs because mm -hmm. I was wrestling at the time. I started wrestling when I was 18. Yeah. So uh, I played a year of college football and then I quit that because I hated it so much. And I only played a year of college football because my parents were like, you have to go to college. And uh, the, uh, Jim Ross was like, he was the announcer for wrestling and he would always be like, this guy played here. This guy played here. <laughs> right. And yeah. so I was like, well, I guess I got to play college football right. <laughs> if I want to be on wrestling television. And so I was like, all right, I got that one year. And then I stopped. And I was like, mom, I'm 18. I'm an adult. I'm going to be a pro wrestler. Can't stop me. And she was like, fine, but you have to continue your college. And I was like, fine. Like, I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still at 36. I'm still like upset I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it did nothing for me. Um, so I got my degree and then, and then afterwards I was hoping like maybe I could be a full-time pro wrestler, but it wasn't there yet. So I just got a job to support my wrestling habit, which is what we call it. So it's not yeah. like, I, like in saying I could have went and gotten like, I remember there being job fairs and being mm -hmm. like, I have no interest in this. My mom <laughs> wanted me to get a job at, at Walgreens corporate, you know, <laughs> yeah. which I was like, nope, like I'm, I just need a job that will give me weekends off and will, you know, right. and will let me train or let me do this wrestling thing mm -hmm. and two, I did the teaching assistant two years and then you know finally it was enough where I was making enough money I think I was making like 11,000 a year as a teaching assistant and like 6,000 a year as a wrestler <laughs> and I was like I think I can do it <laughs> right. yeah awesome so and that yeah so I mean I guess that was my I mean at 18 I, I just wanted to be a wrestler and they were like you have to go to college so I mean I went to college but then I just started wrestling and I kind of was like, well, I, I, I didn't think I was going to be like a full-time wrestler at 18 or 19, mm -hmm. but I kind of had that nice, like that gap of like co college was nice that it kind of allowed me to get three years of wrestling under my belt while mm -hmm. having the excuse of going to college. Right, right. So I didn't have to do anything else. Yeah, awesome. It kind of wor it weirdly worked itself out nicely. You've been doing it, man, so long. 18, you said? So like, this is my 18th year, yeah. Wow. 99. So I, how's your body holding up for It's that? okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I went with uh, a couple years ago. I went to I went to a house show with my nephew and my wife, and I'm watching all these like independent guys doing flips and landing on the hard ass canvas. And you went to a, a small show or WWE show? Uh, like a little small show. Oh, okay, like a little little. It was like uh, in the third floor of a VFW. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was that it was a lot of fun. It was awesome. There there was probably like maybe like 150 people there. But where'd you go? Summit. 
Oh man, shit! I I uh, I want to say Streeter, Illinois. There's like a, okay. like a really tall VFW building in Streeter, Illinois. They had it there. Okay. You know, and the, and they, you know, the, for within their budget had like a big production. Even mm-hmm. had like you know like the the. I wonder was the, it the Billy Corrigan one at the time? It, it might have been. I, Resistance I don't know. Resistance Pro, maybe. It was a couple years ago. I've, okay. I I don't get a lot of details on things. Yeah. Like something comes up, and my instant reaction is almost always like, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, it wasn't like, oh well, who's gonna be there? They were like, hey, do you want to go to a wrestling show at a VFW? I'm like, yes, I do. Like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not like three weeks ago I ended up at an aquarium show, yeah. like because my wife was like, hey, there's a group on for an aquarium show. Do you want to go to that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. And like, I looked at empty aquariums for two hours. It was the weirdest thing ever. Which was better, wrestling or aquarium? Oh, wrestling by far. Nice. <laughs> but this must be the beta fishing question from that story, huh? Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole another scam I got suckered into. But um. But watching, I mean, I mean, a lot of people probably are more uh, educated on it now. But I mean, you hit the mat hard, right? I mean, you you have to. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like shock to that, even though you learn how to fall and such. Well, like, I was talking to my my buddy the other day, and because he was asking me how my body was, and I I just think we I've calloused my body mm-hmm. to the idea of falling down. So like just over the years, you know, like my body has learned what it's like and has adjusted to it so yeah uh, and my, you know my style is very comedic based i do a lot of comedy stuff i really don't take that many crazy falls mm-hmm. but sometimes i do but you know i think my body's just hardened itself to it also i only know my body i think if you were to jump into my body you'd be like how are you doing this you know what i'm saying <laughs> right. and if you were to jump into my body you'd be like how'd i get so fat oh. <laughs> I'm just allowed to eat anything? This is amazing. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're telling me I can have two chins? <laughs> oh, in a perfect world. Yeah, so this is, I just know what I what I am in. And mm. to me, I'm able to walk around and do some stuff, so it's fine for me. You That's know, awesome. I, so as long as I possibly can. And the style I wrestle, I, I figure I can do it into my 50s, to be honest. Hopefully 60s or 70s. Well, I mean, you can keep going. You see some of those... Some of them dudes, like uh, Ric Flair, just like went viral because he. Uh, Did that dead- go viral? Yeah, he deadlifted like four hundred yeah. pounds, and he's sixty-seven years old. I was really? deadlifting four hundred pounds when I was wrestling in college. Like you know, you know deadlifting like, four hundred like, high school, and, and now I can barely lift myself off the chair. <laughs> I can't deadlift my own body. Yeah, but. <laughs> My wife spots me every morning when I get up. Like, it's like, come on, Brian, you can do this. Maybe she that should that should go viral. <laughs> Film her doing that. It's still pretty impressive. Yeah, but God knows what Ric Flair's doing to himself. Allegedly, I don't want to say anything, but yeah. I'm sure he's <laughs> he's uh, throwing some of those Red Bulls uh, in his body <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to make him do that at 67. Because that's a wrestler's way of life. That's all he knows. There's yeah. a 30 for 30 coming out on him, which, really? awesome. which I hope is done right because yeah. like, not, isn't like a, 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 I don't know what's it called, a, a poof piece, you know, like, right, yeah, because he's a maniac. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're pretty good. Are you a fan of the 30 for 30s? Yeah, I'm not really a sports fan. I, I was when I was younger. I'm not so much now, but I do like, you know, I'm a documentary fan. Okay. So I do, I and all those 30 for 30s are all about like, I was gonna say it's about like when we were growing our up. Our childhood, right. the same age. Yeah, yeah. it's like the Buffalo Bills and the '85 Bears. And I don't know, I'm on football, but yeah, the Bad Boys, stuff like that. I uh, great shows. I I actually uh, kind of uh, who's his son, David Flair. Mm-hmm. Uh, his son, and this I'm Flair's pretty sure I remember this correctly, but his, his son was a uh, freestyle and Greco-Roman wrestler, and I used to travel around doing freestyle and Greco-Roman wrestling, and I was at a national tournament, and his son was in the weight class above me at the time. 
And so, like, I got, like, the last metal placing medal in my uh, bracket, but he got, like, first in his. <laughs> so, uh-huh. like, I remember standing next to him, and uh, I didn't really know who he was. And uh, then uh, this guy that looks like Ric Flair, like, walks up and starts talking to him as we're, like, taking a picture. And somebody, like, kind of like, hey, we're trying to take, like, the, the picture for the, you know, for the flyer or whatever. And this dude was kind of indignant. Was like, he's like, you don't tell me what they did. Like, do you know what I, do you know who I am? Yeah, yeah. it was something like that. Woo. And then the guy, he didn't do the woo. The guy didn't walk away. And you was, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> right. So there was like, the guy next to me was like from Kentucky or something. And I was just like, I'm like, uh, Ric Flair motherfucker. Looking motherfucker thinks if he's I really Ric Flair. I there, ruin your picture. I ruin your picture. <laughs> yeah. I'll go buy me a Jack and whiskey. <laughs> yeah. And he's like. I imagine he mixes Jack yeah. with whiskey. That's his chase. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, dude, that's that's really Ric well, Flair. I'm like, holy shit. Today. Like, so small, small uh, story. I, we, I was at a WrestleMania party, and his son, uh, not David, a different one, had just passed away two days before. Mm. And he still decided to go to WrestleMania, get shit-faced, <laughs> and we were in an elevator. found himself with an, in an elevator with him, and, and we're like, hey. And he just like looks like he goes, WrestleMania, it's the greatest, isn't it? And then got <laughs> off his on his floor. I was like, <laughs> Why'd you grieve a little for your child? <laughs> Sometimes I guess you distract your mind instead of grieving. Uh, I just think it's crazy. I don't know. I, if my kid had died two days before, I don't think I'd be at the WrestleMania. Party. Yeah, no, no, not That's at all. Just, Maybe SummerSlam, but not, right. not WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> I might go to the Royal Rumble, but I'm not going to go to fucking WrestleMania. <laughs> um, who like? I, so I'm sure you've met a lot of those like legends and. I've had them all on my show, right? Yeah, yeah. that's that's, that's a, uh, you want to you want a list? Is that what you? No, I was gonna I was gonna ask you. This is such a generic question, but like, who who is uh, who is your favorite you know person like old school legend that you met? It, well, I mean, I literally met them all. Like met in terms of what? Just just in, through the the journey? Like, I, yeah, I guess like who were you most excited to meet? Like, because coming well, up, you had to look towards like, man, one day I want to be like. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, Undertaker, and then like you finally get to meet him. You know, I'm sure you've had several moments like that where you you've watched people come up and then you finally get to meet them. Like, what was the most impactful like initial meeting of like somebody you watched when you were coming? Well, there were some kind of bad ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was so in terms of good ones, I don't know. Just thinking right away is Ricky Steamboat was a guy who I grew up, you know, idolizing. Mm-hmm. I met, you know, and he was nice you know really cool he's a real storyteller also he kind of doesn't shut up too so like <laughs> if you get stuck in a room with him you're like stuck there for like an, i've been stuck with him for like an hour yeah. before <laughs> and that's the weirdest where you're like well you're my hero but i really want to go to lunch so bad <laughs> so wrap this up <laughs> ricky steamboat um, uh i'm just trying to think of like you know like I guess guys that I've kind of become friends with like scott mm-hmm. hall and x-pac mm-hmm. are two guys who like yeah, x-pac is my I sold him a power inver- inverter when we worked at a truck stop together, and <laughs> he talked my ear off. And he was—he didn't say who he was. I didn't acknowledge who he was. I just treated him like a customer. He was like so excited. I just bought a DVD player right when they were first coming out, and like talking about taking road trips. And I was kind of <laughs> like, "Can we just buy right. this thing?" And like, <laughs> come on, here, man. But it just shows how cool he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. He's so cool and he's so nice. Um, those are, I guess, two off the top of my head. You know, I, I, I recently did a podcast with Dusty Rhodes' son, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we kind of talked at the end how, you know, Dusty was a hero of mine. Mm-hmm. One, probably one of my favorite wrestlers. And then when I started wrestling, one of the most influential wrestlers to me in becoming who the wrestler that I became. Mm. And when we met, we really didn't click that well. Mm. Um, 
and I, I, I didn't think too highly of him, you know, and, uh, and, and Cody and I kind of talked about it on our show. Um, but that was like an instance of like, nah, that was yes. kind of my hero. Sometimes don't, it doesn't always, your heroes. Don't, yeah, yeah, I wish, I wish, I almost wish I hadn't spent a year with him. So, you know, that those were my thoughts on him. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's always rough. Cause every once in a while, Dave and I, uh, that pretty much what the show should be called is uh, people Brian gives a damn about mm-hmm. because like I don't want to fall into like this trap of just like booking people to book people usually because like ask Dave I'm a terrible pop culture person like I'm totally unimpressed with like 90% of shit out there mm-hmm. so it's like when somebody piques my interest I like kind of like aggressively try to book them like hey come on let's do this um, and every once in a while I'll be super excited for somebody and then like it's like that same moment where it's like uh like you can tell that they don't actually like really kind of want to talk to you. And it's like, <laughs> like I've, there's been a couple of times where I've been close to being like, dude, we could just like wrap it now. Like, I don't want to waste your time if you don't well, want to. Waste that's kind of why I don't, like I said, when you asked, I was like, I don't really like doing them on the phone because yeah. I don't feel you really get a, yeah, you don't get a relationship with yeah. the person you're doing it with. So yeah. it's, and it's, and it's, I'd like to consider myself a nice person, but when you do a, a thousand of those on the phone, yeah. And you're just disinterested because you're just sitting around your house. And I, I, there's been so many times where I imagine other people on the other line are just uh, fumbling. You know, who knows yeah, what they're like doing? Pre canned answers for questions they've been asked a million times. Yeah. Or, but I'm even saying the people that are asking it. I've had a situation before where someone would ask me and then I could just hear people in the background talking and I just get disinterested. Like, I can tell they're disinterested. Like so dogs, I get disinterested. Dogs barking upstairs. <laughs> <Like this dog. laughs> Which I don't think we'll pick up on the mics from my experience. Uh, it won't be bad. It you never know. We've gotten airplanes bad. and stuff before from the, the air show. Yeah, Who knows? I remember podcasting so many times and being like, fuck. And then you look back and, and I remember acknowledging, even acknowledging stuff, but, and you just, it doesn't pick up on Cause microphones are so good. Yeah. Like, yeah. In and general, I'm an audio engineer who could probably strip that out. Ooh. I can't strip out dogs barking. <laughs> it's on the track. It's on the track. Not a miracle a, worker. That's not going to stop me from harassing you. Be like, come on, Dave. It's like what when the my fuck? clients, all my rap clients, call me up. Like, hey man, I can't sing. Can you make me sound like I can sing? And it's like, fuck, I don't know. Sing. Probably could <laughs> with auto tune. Yeah, and I stuff. do. I auto tune the shit. Out of it. <laughs> and if I they're just... really bad, I'll have them sing to the auto tune, record that, play that back, sing to that with auto tune on, and then do auto tune on top of it. Magic. We yeah, Mariah, we know how so, it's So done if, you, if you want to ever add a rapper or a singer to your well, repertoire. I sang my own theme song. Uh, well, if you want to make like an album, because I remember being little and there was like the WWF Superstars album and it had like Vince McMahon rapping for some reason. Well, I, you know, on my show, I play a song of the week every week. Yeah. And, you know, 322 episodes, I've had to find 322 songs about professional wrestling. <laughs> and But it was all based off of, like, my love for those albums. Mm. Pile, the original was the uh, the wrestling album, and then Pile Driver was the one after that. Mm. And uh, like it's always been my dream. I have a friend, so a guy that helped me with the with the with my show, and one of my good friends, his name is Stu Stone, and he is the guy who wrote the song um, "Rolling with Saget." Do you remember that? No. Rolling no. with Bob Saget. Him and <laughs> Jamie Kennedy used to be. Stu Stone and Jamie Kennedy used to be a um, a rapping duo, and they were on Jimmy Kimmel, and they had this song called "Circle Circle Dot Dot." That was like the first one of the first YouTube hits, okay. millions of hits. And he's a friend of mine, and I've told him he writes like kind of he he's he had an MTV show with Jamie Kennedy. It was called "Blowing Up," and so like he's a comedian and a singer. And I've been like, I want to do a wrestling album so bad but there's that fine line of like people thinking i'm taking it for real yeah like i don't want to do it for real <laughs> but like well how do you write 12 songs about wrestling like, i don't know how to do it i can but. help you out i can ghostwrite we used to be, we were in a band for 10 years okay you know our I, very first song that we ever wrote together 
was we leave you staying like a Ric Flair slap to the cat chest. Like yeah. we've been doing wrestling <laughs> yeah. references. Like I'd always, I'd always pepper career. it in because it's, it's you know, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> right. So if you ever need a ghost rider for your, uh, you know, but then we got to pick a genre. What kind of genre do you want it to be? Or do you, you want to like you any different genres? Yeah, yeah the wrestling album was everything. You know? See, and then what we could do once that becomes a hit, the way to make money after you have a hit album is then you make a Christmas album. Because then you don't even have to try because you can sing everything that everybody sang before, but just make like one original Christmas song. There, Throw it on there. Bam. I, idea. I wrestled for a company in Japan called Pro Wrestling Noah. And in 2005, they put out a, a Christmas song of all these Japanese wrestlers singing the American Christmas songs. <laughs> awesome. And none of them speak English. But they, you know, I guess they know the words maybe because I don't know. It's one of the funniest Unintentional oh. funniest things. <laughs> it's like Kenta Kobashi and Misawa and these just and, and, and these legends of wrestling just being like, well, Merry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Story, follow, follow, follow. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah, exactly. essentially it's that. I think it's since been taken off YouTube. It was on YouTube for years, but it's on one of my episodes, my early episodes. Maybe I'll have to dig it out. That's uh that's coming to coltmerch.com um 2019 right, listen, I think. It's been a dream of mine. <laughs> a dream. I'm in. We I can make a, that happen. He has a studio and everything. We we can make that happen, my uh, friend. There's so many wrestling songs. Like you wouldn't think about it. there's so many and there's so many great wrestling songs mm. of people who like have so the way I do it is I only want if you're a wrestler and you've sang a song or if the song is all about wrestling cuz sometimes people will do a song and they'll send it to me and it'll be like It'll be about like you know what banging hoes, and then also yeah. be like you know I banged a bitch like Flair chopped a whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, well, that's not like a wrestling yeah. song. Was that band a- name White Trash? Just yeah. Because was- <laughs> well, we didn't talk about banging. It wasn't bitches me, here. but somebody stole my shit. Like- <laughs> that was one subject we didn't touch was banging bitches. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that back then. that's just a wrestling reference. So yeah, it's gotta right, be yeah. all right. about wrestling. And there's some really good ones out there. My uh, my all time favorite is uh, Macho Man's diss track, The Hulk Hogan, Be a Man Hulk. Mm. Come on, that is like a classic. I used to sell those at the at the merch table <laughs> for two dollars each. Nice. Uh, I mean, that's like when I was like, I gotta sell merch, I gotta make money. That mm. was I used to sell the China porn too on VHS. Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is years. A ago. Night in China or something. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, that was just me on the hustle. But that I remember my I had a buddy who lived in Florida who went to the to the release of Macho Man's Be a Man Hogan, and mm. a lot of people don't because now we think of him as this legend because he's passed. But at that time of his career, like, he was kind of a joke. Yeah. And he, I remember my buddy saying that, like, there was, like, 20 people at this, like, you know, it was, like, at this, like, club in Tampa, and there was just nobody there. Hmm. It was his release party for, and, like, yeah. think about that now. Like, if someone said, hey, you want to, like, go to the Macho Man, like, you'd, there'd be, pro- like, a thousand people probably yeah. on that. probably dressed right. up, eating Slim Jim. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, hell, Dave, Dave and I could probably make a, a song today, and at least like twenty of our friends would probably show up. <laughs> White trash stand CD really. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we ever did either. We recorded like six CDs and never had a single release party. It's, it's so it's such a super life power. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I won't keep it too long because I totally appreciate your time, and I, I think it's awesome that you come and hang out with us. Uh, but one thing I want to touch base with you is um, comedy. You do stand up comedy? No. You don't do stand up comedy. I did. I'm under the impression you do stand up comedy. No, I do comedy. I do like alternative kind of comedy. Okay. I Mick Foley was doing stand up and they and, and the same promoter I knew asked if I wanted to open for him. So I wrote 10 to 15 minutes of wrestling jokes. Mm-hmm. 
and I toured with McFoley a little bit doing yeah. his stand up. <laughs> but other than that, I don't do stand up. Gotcha. Maybe, maybe I'm ignorantly calling well, a it, lot of, no, like, it's, calling it's it stand up when it's another kind of. Yeah, comedy. yeah. I like, guess I'm saying that's like another form of entertainment that you partake in, right? Like, well, I, I do a show with with a, a Chicago comedian named Marty DeRosa. We do it all around the uh, country a lot of times called, uh, well, we've just re- rebranded it Unprofessional Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And we watch old wrestling clips on a big screen, kind of like what you have in your in your uh, living room slash kitchen. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, we, we watch bad wrestling and we do kind of jokes and commentary mm-hmm. and, and improv over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a show we've been doing for a, a while. And that's the same show that I do at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival every year. In August, for a month, we do 25 straight shows, and I do it with a different comedian over there named Brendan Burns, who won the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2007, so he's kind of a legend over there, and we do this late-night show where we watch bad wrestling, and we mm. have different guests every night, so it's kind of cool. Um, I've been doing that. This is going to be my fifth year, and through Brendan, you know, I've been able to share the stage with... Um, you know, like Eddie Pepitone and Hannibal Burris and, and, and just, I'm trying, you know, there's a lot of guys over there that maybe people wouldn't know over here, but just, mm-hmm. you know, some of the Dave Hill, just all the comedians that seem to go, go to the Fringe Festival in Edinburgh. Like I get to kind of play with them on stage. Uh, and that's a, a comedy term. If you don't know comedy, it just sounds like I'm, I'm right. jerking them off on stage. <laughs> uh, I mean, but well, why can't it be both, right? right. I mean, it's, it's I time that those two finally came together. <laughs> I'm sure there's a show for that in Edinburgh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's kind of um, that's kind of been my way into comedy, and and that's what I wanted. You know, when I came when I got fired from WWE and I came back to Chicago because I had to, I got I, they had me living in Tampa, mm-hmm. and then once I didn't I was in contract with them, I moved back to Chicago, and I wanted to do. I started taking classes at comedy sports and I wanted to do like, I wanted to figure out something like I wanted to figure out, I didn't just want to do wrestling. I wanted, I knew I was a bit of a comedian. I knew I, I knew this was the town to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so through years, like this is kind of what I, this is kind of what it's all come down to. And I, I love doing it. I also do my podcast live. And when I do my podcast live, it's more of a comedy show in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause we have a crowd out there and I, I it's kind of funny cause I'll have I'll do a mixture of all wrestlers and comedians on, and I have the comedians on because just sometimes the wrestlers, it's like, it's so weird that like we're all stage performers, but the wrestlers sometimes just don't get it that like there's a crowd there that's like make them laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, the, and the comedians get it, you yeah, know, yeah. right away. They a microphone to them and they kind of freeze up and they're out of their element a little bit. Yeah, they or they're just. I don't know. It's like they don't have the same vision that I do. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe mm. like my vision is like let's entertain these people the same way we do but i think maybe the wrestlers think well i only know one way to entertain them right right and that's you know wrestling <laughs> but, it's, but i don't wrestling. know yeah <laughs> so that's those are the kind of the two ways that i found um because my like i was like to put on a wrestling show you have to hire you know you have to hire a wrestling ring and it's, yeah and it's so hard that can't be mobile you can't travel around i was always kind of jealous that the, a stand-up can just show up to a show with a microphone, not <laughs> yeah, even maybe, that. Maybe yeah. a notepad. Just <laughs> jokes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe so, an instrument. I was always trying to figure out how to tour wrestling without having wrestling mm-hmm. and uh, and putting comedy in it. So that's kind of what we have came, came to. And I think, you know, in 10, in ten years, it's going to be even something more different or something mm-hmm. hybrid or something crazy. And I look forward to kind of figuring that out. Yeah. And, and of course, the podcast, Art of Wrestling, totally helps you out with that. And here, here's where people like you piss me off it was because, like, Dave and I, Dave and I talk to people, and I have no idea how to interview people. <laughs> so, and then I listen to you, and I'm like, 
oh, this cold guy's so fucking smooth. Like, damn it. Like, how do I, how do I be like that? Uh, so I just wanted to say that, that I, I really enjoy your podcast. Oh, thank I, you. I find it very entertaining. And I'm always like, ah, oh, yet another Chicago-based podcast, infinitely better than mine. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh Mr. Humility over here. But mine is about something totally weird. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, you know, this all stemmed from locker room t- talks. Mm-hmm. So I don't really consider them interviews. Mm-hmm. And it's all about like we I've sit in the locker room with my friends and we just bullshit for hours. Yeah. And then I just and then I started listening to Marin's podcast, mm. you know, in like 2009, best. right? Mm-hmm. And then like I would kind of like be like, "Oh, it sounds like because before then it was always it was never comedians interviewing comedians or, or it was never I, I never like really heard like it was kind of like the boys talking shop, but it was comedy instead of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then like I was like, "Oh my god, this is what me and my friends do." And I'm so interested in like, cause I love comedy. So I'm hearing these guys that I love. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'd, I'd find myself then going and talking to the wrestlers kind of like this, not the same way that, that Marin does, but like the idea that like, we're just, we're flowing, but I would kind of see how he was kind of leading the charge a little bit. So then I'd find myself in locker rooms, like kind of having the same conversations, but now I'm kind of leading the charge. Yeah. And then that's kind of, I don't know if that's my technique or whatever, but essentially it was locker room talks, but mm-hmm. then me, if something needed to be moved forward a little bit. I'd kind of like push to move forward, but it was, it's always meant to just be a locker room chat. Awesome. And my wife, Kristen just walked in. See, I don't think that would have been picked up. Hi, Chris. And you, hi. <laughs> That's okay. Every once in a while you can hear her saying stuff on the uh, back anyway. So I see. Just like the dogs, we're hoping those dogs, <laughs> those dogs will definitely get picked up. Right. I think we'll so. Question. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Seriously. Somebody needs to figure out after all these years and it's still an unsolved mystery. Everybody knows. What's up. I don't know. The Baja Boys. <laughs> it's so right. they're hiding in plain sight. <laughs> like they made we, a song about yeah, it. They're gonna put out a song. We let the dogs out. Oh, mm-hmm. they show a bunch of stuff. Oh my mm. god, that'd be like a great funnier die video, though. <laughs> it's been a long, a long enough time where I feel they could do that. And yeah, like the I time has so. come for them yeah. to come clean. It, it's like uh, O.J. Simpson. He wrote like, yeah. "If I had done it, like if we had let the dogs out, right? If we had let the dogs out." Umbrella of being hypothetical, <laughs> but like everybody knows that's what really happened. <laughs> so positioning from like you said lo- uh, locker room talk into like actually and putting microphones in front of your faces i think it was natural with the idea of a microphone in our hand and maybe that's something because as wrestlers we always kind of have microphones and we're always cutting promos so like and maybe you know you can't tell right now but the physicality of me holding this microphone it would be is 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 not flawless but like it, it's not a big deal to where well, I'm saying I don't think it feels more natural to anybody, right? But it does to us as professional wrestlers, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's why I think, it, in terms of all the wrestlers, it was easy for us to just kind of talk and use the microphone because it's something that we do for our job. Um, Makes sense. To but me, that's yeah. it's it's funny you say that because I, sometimes I think like, oh, me and my friends from high school, we would probably. I'll have like, cause well, you know, and that's what everyone says, right? Right. Yeah. But then yeah, I just great rapport. Yeah. And then I think like, oh, I imagine I'd get us all in a room, and then we would be like, oh, what do we do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all. It's like exactly. I had that vision of myself uh, <laughs> uh, for for a while now. Yeah. yeah. Because Dave and I started, we we're like, because uh, he wanted to start the band again. I'm like, dude, I have like two kids and a wife. I can't do it. I'm like, but podcasts are get the kids in the band. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but you know, like I hear podcasts are a thing, and so like uh, Dave and I never even listened to a podcast before we recorded our first podcast smart and 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, in many ways, I think so because we That's had no. That's like saying like, we started a band. We had never played an instrument before. <laughs> also, how our band started. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. I think how I, I was the only member of the band that actually played his instrument before the band started. I, yeah, yeah. I was a good guitar player. <laughs> to this day, so I still I don't play an instrument this. or anything like that. He never sang before. The drummer was learning drums. The bass player was learning bass. <laughs> we did okay though. We wing it. Man. That's yeah. Kind of our thing. Fake it till you make it. Right. Yeah. So, uh, last thing, man. Uh, what's your favorite frozen pizza? I don't really eat frozen pizza. Uh, If I was to go back, and I don't even know if they're still being made, to uh, my high school days, it would be Reggio's. Never heard of it, man. A Reggio's still a thing? crappy cereal to me. (laughs) Reggio's. (laughs) Yeah. That would be it, Reggio's. Awesome. Um, You know, the home run in, I get sick of it after a couple Mm -hmm. bites. Yeah. It seems so good. Honestly, I had one at my friend's house. It was amazing. I went and bought one, and like after a couple of pieces, I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Give me a jacks. Well, uh, Colt, thank you so much for coming on the Nothing Important Podcast. Absolutely awesome. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Of course, you're always invited back to uh, do our crappy little show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, when um, I, w- I watched every uh, episode of Better Call Saul, I don't know if that's a thing. Dude, you want to you come do uh, It's All Good Man with yeah, us? Yeah, you tell me. Because they're pushing the release date back, so we have like another month to fill. So if you want to do like a preview, because we have our preview with a sh- preview with a prior where we speculate. Oh. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, <laughs> we'll chat about that a little bit after we hang up. Colt, um, I wish you nothing but success. Your podcast is awesome. And go ahead and tell everybody uh, where they can find and buy your stuff and support you. Um, well, my website's coltcabana.com. So just, uh, you can literally find everything there. Twitter and Instagram is at coltcabana. And, uh, yeah, my, check out my documentary that I made. It's about comedy wrestling and, uh, that's at coltmerch.com, which can be found through coltcabana.com. <laughs> awesome. Colt Cabana on the third mic for this week's episode. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you can check me and Dave out at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Make sure you share it because it makes us feel cooler than we actually are. Make sure to uh, check us out on It's All Good Man. Uh, we talked to uh, Michael McKean, who played Chuck on Better Call Saul. He was one of the big three that we were trying to get. Uh, we still got two more, Bob Odenkirk and Jonathan Banks, and then I think we pretty much ran the table for the cast of Better Call Saul. That's right. So the more you guys out there share it and uh, retweet us, uh, the better chances we're going to finally uh, land those two on the microphone. And, of course, on Nothing Important, keep supporting us. We can get more great guests like Colt. Dave, you can stop recording now. Be sure to follow Nothing Important online at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Find us on iTunes, on Twitter at NotImportantPC, and you can also find us on Facebook. Nothing Important is recorded with help from Third City Sound in Joliet, Illinois. Thanks for being awesome.